At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. Started a series last Sunday entitled The Trinity of Man. If you weren't here Wednesday, we talked some more about it. And I think, I think what's going to happen is I'm going to talk about it Sunday and Wednesday. I don't usually do that, but I am with this, with this message. But Wednesday was a little bit different, and today will be a little different twist. So I really encourage you, as Sandra said, uh, make sure to download the app if you don't already have it. You can go to the website, listen to the podcast. They're all free. You can download those or just listen to them. But I'd encourage you to listen to this series. Um, this is our first series after our Vision Sunday and our Word First Conference, where the theme of Word First Conference was the commanded blessing of God. And what we're talking about in this series is vital to seeing God's commanded blessing working in you. It's vital that you understand the three parts of man. It's vital that you understand. I mean, today more than ever, that you and I understand that we are created in the image of God, and God is three parts, you and I are three parts. And we've got to understand those three parts, how they operate, and how to prioritize those parts in your life. You're living your life ruled by your flesh that is not connected to your spirit. Your spirit is not in control or leading your flesh. Your flesh is going to do a lot of crazy things. And we've just got to understand this process. So that's why I'm taking the time and some extra time over the next few weeks to make sure that we get this out there, that you can go back and listen to these messages over and over again. First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23. Now may the God of peace Himself, may the God of peace Himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. John 3, 6 says this, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. I told you these three things last week. Just going <clears> to <throat> uh, just go back and review a few things from last week and then get into what I feel like God wants me to um, bring to the table today in this series. But last week I said, I, I gave you these three things. The Spirit connects with God. Yeah, we know that. Yeah, but we need to really know that. The Spirit of a man connects with God. The soul connects with the intellectual realm, the body with the material in the scene realm. So, <clears throat> that's not going to change. My, my physical body is going to connect with the material in the scene realm. My soul is going to connect with the intellectual world and realm, and that's not going to change. But what matters and determines how the soul and the flesh operate, the body operate, is am I connected to the things of the Spirit? My human spirit, your human spirit, if you're born again today, your human spirit and the Holy Spirit are one. They're one. And the Holy Spirit's job, and we talk about this a lot around here, but the Holy Spirit's job is to help you. Number one, you, you've got to admit the fact you need help. 
I, I have. I remind myself of that every day. I need help. I need His help because I need for His connection to be number one so that my soul connection and my flesh connection are recipients of what my spirit connection is telling me to do. It's vital that we understand that. The renewing of the mind helps to crucify the flesh. The real you, which is the spiritual part of you, has been born, so you have to renew your mind to crucify the flesh so that you can live in the plan of God. I'm going to say all that again. Renewing the mind helps you to crucify your flesh. You want your flesh doing what God wants it to do. He created it, and for you to just be out of control in your flesh is because there's not the connection to your spirit and then the ability to renew your mind from spiritual things. The Bible is real clear that our conscience, your conscience, is the voice of the Spirit. So, the Spirit of God, and I'm not trying to go too deep with this, but I just want to lay this out because I'm going to go deeper on a number of different subjects just talking about one specific thing over the next few weeks. But I want you to understand that if your conscience is the voice of your spirit, and the Holy Spirit is connected to your human spirit, then you want to know how to hear what the Holy Spirit through your spirit is saying about the things that you're faced with. If you're deep in debt and have no way out, God wants you to be confident of how to hear from the Holy Spirit about how to walk out of that. If there's something that's attacked your physical body and, and doctors give you no hope, God wants you to be able to hear from Him to know how to walk free from that. And if we just wait in life until we've screwed things up and messed things up in our life, and then we try to hear from God, but we've never developed that ability to hear, it's very difficult. It's very difficult to know what God is trying to get over to you. And I have to say, not judging anybody or comparing one person or the next, I'm just talking about the last 45 years of my life, learning and developing the ability to hear the voice of God and being confident that I can. It's not an audible voice. It can be. God can do whatever God wants to do, but it's an internal voice. And the rest of what we're talking about today is talking about that spiritual part of you and I and understanding how to tap into that and know it. Like I said at the beginning, it's the greatest day in the history of the world to be alive if you know God. If you don't know God, well, I don't know how they all feel because I know Him, and I'm getting to know Him more and more every day, even after 45 years there's things I know about him, but there's certain things I feel like I know nothing about. And the Apostle Paul said that will keep you humble and developed in your life. 
humble and developed. There are so many scriptures in the book of Proverbs that talk about what humility produces for you. You know what true humility produces? Proverbs says true humility produces riches, honor, and glory. True humility. That's what you and I have to know, but you can't know humility if you don't know the one who is humility and understand him. Can you say amen? So, <clears throat> I read this at the end of the uh, message last week. I read this, and I want to read it again, and then I want to uh, finish up with, with uh, three other passages. Numbers chapter 14, and we, we talked a little bit about it. Um, this is talking about Caleb, who was one of the 12 spies that went into the promised land under the direction of God to spy out the land. And um, when they came back, the spokesperson for 10 of them said that we went in there and we're like grasshoppers in their sight. They didn't talk to him, but that's the way they felt. We're like grasshoppers in their sight, but Joshua and Caleb stood up and said, no, 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 we can take this land. But when you go back and look at how God instructed them to go, God didn't instruct them to go and see if they could take the land. He said, I want you to go spy out the land that I've given you. I want you to spy out the land that I've given you. Now, in this day and hour and in this dispensation of time, when the Bible talks about something, when you read a passage of Scripture, this verse that I'm going to read out of, out of Numbers 14.24, um, you have to receive this for yourself, but you have to receive it through the eyes of the blood of Jesus and what the blood of Jesus has accomplished for us. So this verse says, but my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him, everybody say a different spirit. Because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, I will bring him into the land where he went, and his descendants shall inherit it. So the land today for us is not the land of Israel or this or that or whatever. The land is the world that you live in today. The things that have to do with your destiny and your plan that God had set up for you before the foundation of the world. When you have a different spirit, a developed spirit, the reason Joshua and Caleb could stand up and say, wait, 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 what, what, are, what are you guys talking about that we're like grasshoppers in their sight? We saw this land. It's amazing. Man, they got grapes is like this. One grape is like this big. And, and, and you can barely carry the, the, the whole vine of grapes when you pick those grapes. They're massive things. I mean, it's a land that God promised us. It's a land flowing of milk and honey, and it's ours. That was the different spirit. Listen, that spirit was developed. They didn't just stand up out of nowhere and say, well, you know, that's what those guys say. We'll just say something different. No. They did what he said. They went to spy out the land God had already given them. Yes? And now they're declaring we can take this land. And you know what? 
they and their descendants did, the other ten and their descendants did not. And you know what? That same concept is true. If you and I don't develop a different spirit. Now, I'm going to tell you something about the two different spirits that operate in the earth, okay? And you'll see it in the verses of Scripture I'm about to read, but I'm going to tell you first before I say it. The Bible is very clear that there is the spirit of the world. You were born into that spirit. When you were born first time, you were born into the spirit of the world. Did you hear me? When you were born a second time, if you're born again today, you were born into the Spirit of God. When you received Jesus as your Savior, His Spirit became one with your Spirit, and you became alive. Amen? But here's the thing, and then you'll see it in the Scriptures that I read. You can be born of the Spirit of God and still operate in the Spirit of the world. Caleb had a different spirit. I would encourage you from today on to declare that over yourself every day. I'm like Caleb, and I have a different developed spirit. I am born again, and I'm not living like the rest of the world. I'm living under the direction of the voice of the Spirit of God. Can you say amen to that? So, When Jesus came into the world, he preached the kingdom of God, and he advanced the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God was, in that day, and is today, and always will be, God's way of thinking and operating. That's what he came here to do. In a moment, regarding that, I'm going to ask you a personal question regarding the kingdom of God. I'm not going to ask you yet. I want to read these few verses of Scripture, and then I'm going to ask you this question about the kingdom of God. He came here to bring to the spirit of the earth, the world, a different way of thinking and operating. And what he brought to the earth was what Joshua and Caleb had when they went to spy out the land and what eventually went and took the land that was theirs. You and I in this year, for the commanded blessing to work, to operate in the authority that God has given us, we've got to understand this. We've got to understand it wholeheartedly, deeply. We've got to spend time developing this. As I always tell you, You've got to take these verses of Scripture that I'm giving you today, and you've got to spend time reading them, developing, and thanking God through the Holy Spirit for revealing to you the truth that you need to see from these verses of Scripture. Because you, I don't care how long you've been born again, you've got to see more to be able to handle what's ahead of you. You have to have, from today on, a lifestyle where you are developing your ability to hear the voice of the Spirit of God. Can you say amen? Amen. Romans 14, 17. Actually, um, I'm going to read Mark 1 and 14 first and then Romans 14. Mark 1 and 14 and 15. 
And after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the good news of the kingdom of God, saying, the time is fulfilled. You know what that means? (laughs) That means that time is still fulfilled. He brought the kingdom of God to the earth. And what what he accomplished at Calvary was the finished work. And that work is still finished today. But what did he bring? What did he say he brought? He brought preaching the good news of God's way of thinking and operating. See, they, they knew the, in that day, they knew the, the ways uh, the, that, that the Roman Empire operated, the, the, the way that the Sanhedrin operated in the Jewish law and different things that went on there. They knew how all of that, these different ones operated, but he was bringing a new way of thinking. He came preaching God's way of thinking and operating. And I can tell you today, and I can remember at about 18 years old when I got born again, and I began to listen to teaching, I I can remember to this day thinking to myself, I've been lied to. I've literally been lied to. People have told me things about life that were not true. They told me things about who I am and where I came from. I got all kinds of crazy ideas spoken to me about where I even came from. I came from a family where my parents were divorced, and, and I, I, had, I didn't realize it at the time, but over time I realized what I had to get rid of was thinking that maybe my parents weren't together because it was my fault. Maybe things that happened with them that, you know, uh, I was a mistake, You know, all kinds of crazy things get stirred up in young people's minds. You don't know what they are. But Jesus brought to the earth, and I began to hear the Word taught at 18 years old. I began to hear the Word taught telling me, no, there's a new way of thinking. I don't have to to be connected to my first birth. Now I can be connected to my second birth and understand spiritual things because I'm a spirit first before I'm anything else. I was created in the image of God. He's spirit. Everybody say, God is spirit. You and I were created in His image, so first we're spirit, then we are soul, we have a mind, will, and emotions, and we live in a physical body. Your physical body is not you. The internal part of you is you. And most people don't even know that. They just throw everything together and we try to figure it out. We don't have to try to figure it out. We can figure it out because we can know for absolute sure that we are who he says he is. That we are who he says we are. Can you say amen to that? He said the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in this good news. I've been doing that for 45 years. Repenting when I've screwed up. Hmm? Somebody says, well, you probably shouldn't have used the word screwed. Probably shouldn't. Later on, I'll repent if I need to. Messed up, right? For 45 years, I've been repenting for the things that I've done wrong, being empowered with the ability to do what's right. Right? So I don't camp out and, and, and remain in the sin consciousness of making all these mistakes. No, no, but I'm quick to repent and then quick to do what's right. I'm developing that more and more every day of my life. 
Because I have a different spirit. How about you? I said again, I have a different spirit. Hmm. I'm, not, I'm not born again and living like the devil. Not doing it. Not doing it. And I've done some devilish things in my day. I've done some ugly things, said ugly things, been ugly to people. And different, but, but I'm getting rid of all of it. If it doesn't please him, I want it gone. Humbling myself under his mighty hand that he exalt me. Can you say amen to that? We don't have to be people born again living after the spirit of the world. Don't have to do it. Romans 14 and 17. I want you to really get a hold of this verse today. For the kingdom of God, God's way of thinking and operating is not eating and drinking. Kingdom of the world is three squares and figure it all out in the natural. God's kingdom and his way of thinking is doing this first. He said, but the kingdom of God is righteousness, and I'm going to say it like this. Well, let me read the whole verse. Kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Okay? So I'm going to read it like this. Kingdom of God is not eating, drinking, you know, trying to figure out life from the natural realm first. Be responsible. Understand things in the natural. Do the things you're supposed to do. But that's not first. But the kingdom of God, God's way of thinking, is first understanding righteousness from the Holy Spirit. Understanding peace from the Holy Spirit. Understanding joy from the Holy Spirit. So, when you know to do right and you're tempted not to, the only hope that you and I have is the Holy Spirit revealing to us in the moment that it's not right and stopping. You're not strong enough. You're not a good God over your life. I can tell you right now. You're not a good, you're not good at being in control of your life. You weren't created to. He was created to be in control of your life. Did you hear what I said? When you're facing something in life that has got you stirred up and upset and frustrated, and you need peace, you need to be able to, because of developing a relationship with God and developing a relationship with God through the Holy Spirit, you, ha- you need the ability to be able to draw from the peace that Jesus has already given you in those times of trouble. When you're walking through something, you're believing God for something and you're not seeing it happen yet. And you're developing your relationship with God and you're receiving from the Holy Spirit. And in the midst of what you're believing God for, you have the ability to have joy. You you know what that means? Let's say you're believing for something financial in your life and you're not seeing it yet. A person without joy is letting everybody know how bad it is in their life. There's no developed, you're not looking to God for the answer. But a person of joy from the Holy Spirit. I'm not talking about trying to, you know, like pumping a well and working joy up. I'm talking about joy that comes from the Holy Spirit. When you're facing something like that and joy is arising in you and you're rejoicing, 
How, how can a person do that? Only if they're connected to the Holy Ghost. Because that type of joy is God's way of thinking to get to manifestation. Did you hear me? God's way of thinking, His kingdom principles are, if you're going to believe me, then you've got to develop righteousness, peace, and joy through your relationship with the Holy Spirit to be able to be a recipient of everything that I have for you. And when that gets to a place where it gets, it feels like it's getting tough, then you got to be one of the tough ones that's getting going and pressing in like you never have before. Not changing your thoughts and ideas about life and what you need to do. Sticking with God like you never have before. See, if this was easy, everybody would be doing it. But the deal is, there's a lot of Christians on planet earth, and I'm not thinking of anybody, I'm not comparing to any, with anybody else, I'm just saying there's a lot of Christians born again that are operating by the spirit of the world. And operating by the spirit principles of the world will not produce the goodness of God. So my question to you today is, as I end with these three passages, how can you better, how can you in a better way advance God's kingdom, the kingdom of God? How can you in your life where you're at, I live in a world, you live in a world, each of us live in different worlds, some of our worlds cross and these kind of things, but how can you advance the kingdom in a more profitable way? Since before the first of the year, I heard, I've heard that, and God said to me, has been showing me how I can better advance His way of thinking and operating in the, in the earth by things that I need to tweak, things that I need to change, things I need to add to, things I need to maybe take away from in one area but add to in another area. And everybody's different. Don't compare what you're tweaking with the next person. And don't, don't try to shove some kind of condemnation on somebody because they're not doing what you're doing. Just allow the convicting power of the Holy Spirit to work in your life and show you where changes need to be made. Because I don't know about you, but I'm believing truly this year is a year of the commanded blessing of God manifesting in and on our lives. Can you say amen? We have to understand this to see that manifest. We have to understand it. Proverbs 20 and verse 27 says this. The spirit of a man... is the lamp of the Lord, the New King James says. I think the King James says the candle of the Lord. Another translation says the spirit of man is the illumination of the Lord. The spirit of man, my human spirit, is the illumination of the Lord. How, how, how could that be? How could my spirit be the illuminating factor of the Lord in my life. See, 
there's mentality out there, people's mentality and thinking that, you know, God will just do whatever God's going to do, and it doesn't matter whether we believe Him or not, and, you know, things, things happen, and if something bad happens, well, that was just God's will for the... No, that, that, that's, that's so far from the truth, I can't even... I won't even spend any time going there. But the truth of the matter is this. What illuminates God inside of me is me drawing myself toward Him. Me saying, Father, today I thank you. I, I, maybe there's something you didn't do exactly right. Father, I know that, wasn't, that, that attitude right there wasn't right. But Lord, I, I declare today that like Caleb had a different spirit, I have a different spirit. I'm not living after the way of the world. I'm not living like the rest of the world. I have a spirit that's fully after you like Caleb was. And today, Father, I thank you for what you're revealing to me. And, and what we teach around here about daily routines is so vital because the Holy Spirit has been sent to reveal all truth to you. So when you're declaring what God's Word says on a day-to-day -day basis, Holy Spirit takes the things that you're declaring and you're speaking and showing you how real they are when in the natural there are other things that try to tell you, no, this is what's real. No. I'm not believing what I see. I believe that God is more real than what I see, what I hear, and what I feel in the natural realm. And when He shows me something different, I'm choosing to believe that. And I, I'll just tell you, this believe in God thing is almost like an extra full-time job. If you have a full-time job that you work, this believe in God thing is a full-time job. Because you need so much help. And when I say that, I'm looking at myself. Because we need so much help. <laughs> I mean, I find myself, I don't want to make one decision. I don't want to do anything without first conferring with Him. Now, I just throw this in there before I read these last two passages. The only way that I know how to develop day-to-day -day my ability to hear the voice of God is to pray in the Spirit and believe in praying in the Spirit. I have to believe it. I'm not praying in the Spirit to try to get God to do something. God's already done everything. I'm praying in the Spirit to illuminate God's will and His ways of thinking inside of me. The Spirit of man, my human spirit that's one with God, it'll just lay there if all I'm doing is sowing worry and fretfulness and all the natural things, trying to work everything out in myself, not in the peace of God. You know, trying to find the peace of God by all the things that I'm trying to accomplish. Yeah, there's things that you need to do. But first you need to be able to know from Him and you need to come to a place where you know how to hear and to understand the things internally that He's trying to get over to you. You're hearing this word today. It's being taken in through your soul. You're hearing it. So you can have a head full of knowledge, but you have to learn by the Holy Spirit how to get it down into your spirit, man. And your conscience, which is the voice of your spirit, okay, 
is there ready to illuminate and reveal it if you'll spend the time to listen. And in the next few weeks, we're going to go through several just, I don't know any other way to do it, but several just practices. We're going to spend some time practicing how to go from your head to your heart. Everybody like that? I mean, I, mean, I, I think I know what that is, but I feel like it's becoming more real to me all the time. How to go from my head to my heart. Why would I want to do something that's just in my head if, if, I, if I take the time to get to my heart, then I can operate from the one that knows everything about everything. Every answer to every situation, I can operate from there. But i got to take the time to get there. And at the end of the day, if you don't believe in it, you won't spend the time trying to, or attempting to get to that place. Romans 8, 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. When you got born again, you didn't receive the spirit that you received when you were birthed into this earth. Spirit of the world. 2 Corinthians 4 says that Satan is the god of the system, the way of thinking out there. He's working overtime to convince people to stay that way. You didn't enter into that. Because that's bondage and fear. God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Can you say amen to that? Amen? Just lift your hands right now. Close your eyes and receive that you have been delivered from the spirit of fear in Jesus' name. Glory to God. We are delivered today from the spirit of fear. No more bondage in the name of Jesus. No more bondage type thinking like the world produces. In the name of Jesus. But you have received, I'm, I'm back in Romans 8, but you have received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. See, so it's almost as though, where adoption is concerned, it's as though you have more rights being adopted than you do being blood from a legal perspective. So, we've all been adopted in, see? When people say, well, you know, I'm not a Jew. I am. <laughs> I'm a Jew. I'm a spiritual Jew. I've been adopted. Hmm? So, I have as many rights as natural Jews have. Actually, I have more rights because of the blood of Jesus. And, and a Jew that doesn't know Jesus, he's got rights, but he doesn't have the rights I do because Jesus, my blood brother, I'm connected to his blood. And he brought me into the kingdom and God's people. And so now, notice what it said right here. We cry out, Abba, Father, the Spirit himself bears witness with my spirit that what? I'm a child. I'm one of his kids. We cry out, Abba, Father, those who are what? Led by the Spirit. You're not going to cry out, Abba, Father. You're not going to connect to God. You're not going to know whether you're a child of God or not. You can be born again and totally be confused all the time. I know lots of people that have made confessions to receive Jesus, but they never believed it. And the Bible says, you don't just confess, you've got to believe. 
And when it comes to understanding the things I'm talking about today, you've got to believe you have the ability to connect with the Spirit of God inside of you, and He's got every answer to every situation you will ever face. I'm a child of God. Say it. We're children of God. But I've got to know I'm a child of God by His Spirit so that I'll be on the receiving end of everything that He has for me. Listen, if you're a true child and and you know He's a true Father, then you know He wants you to have even more than you want to have. John 14, and I'll end with this passage. Verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. Notice he said another helper. So Jesus was the first helper. Holy Spirit was the second helper. He he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Spirit of truth is his name, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For he dwells, watch this, with you and will be in you. But when we read that verse of Scripture, he is in us now. Amen? He's with me. He'll never leave me nor forsake me to the ends of the earth. But man, he's in me, and I know that he won't. Now see, the problem, the issue with that is this. You can go through seasons of your life. You can be born again for 40 years being a doer of the Word, developing all this. And you can go through seasons in your life. You wake up in the middle of the night, night after night after night, with thoughts that you don't deserve anything. This isn't going to happen. It's not going to go right for you. Lies of the enemy coming and telling you. He, listen, the more you develop, he works overtime to discourage you from believing that what you're spending time in is more real than what you see and you hear and you feel. He works overtime to keep you in bondage that way. I'm telling you today that He is with you, He's around you, He's on you, but He lives in you. Amen? And when you and I believe that, without a doubt, when you and I believe that, we can do anything in life. But I've got to believe that without a doubt I can hear his voice, I can do the things that he, say, he says, and worry about absolutely nothing in life. Can you say amen to that? Verse 25 says, these things I have spoken to you while, you while being present with you, but the helper, so he was talking to his disciples who he was present with, I'm speaking to you and I'm the first helper, but the helper... In other words, the second helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to you remembrance all things that I said to you. He will teach you all things, and he will bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Can you say amen to that? In, in the climate that we live in today, 
this world. <clears throat> I, you know, I mean, the, the Bible says give the devil no place. So you've got to know what's him and what isn't him. But man, he is working, he is working overtime, overtime, trying to convince us that things are just not going to work out. He's working overtime to convince people that the concept of the kingdom of God that Jesus brought to the earth is just not real. He's working overtime trying to convince people that staying true to the principles of His kingdom, of His word, just don't work. But they do. I mean, I, I'm, I am literally shocked over the last two or three years, ever since COVID started in March of 20. I'm just shocked at the people that have somewhat bailed. I'm just talking about people that I know that have bailed from trusting God or believing the Word of God. I'm, I'm shocked. And that doesn't have to happen. But you cannot be moved by how you feel in your flesh. You cannot be moved by ideas and thoughts that come to your mind. You cannot be moved. And that's why it's a full-time job. You have to constantly take authority. You get woken up in the night two or three or four times, and you're speaking over yourself every day. I have sweet sleep. What am I up for? Why am I disturbed? Why am I disrupted? Well, that means the Word doesn't work. That's, that's the biggest lie in all of hell. All hell wants you to believe, not to speak over yourself, that you have sweet sleep. But if you don't have the tenacity to get up out of bed and begin to walk the floors and begin to pray in the Spirit and declare things out of your mouth, you're not going to see victory. If you just let things like that run over you, you'll get tired and frustrated, and you will not believe that these, this is really working. This is the year of the commanded blessing, and nobody can command the blessing that He's already commanded but you and I, human beings. But we've got to believe we have that authority in Him. It's not my authority. It's the authority that He's given me and, and me exercising and enforcing everything that He says is so in the earth. I can't, I can't encourage you enough today cannot encourage you enough to develop your life of hearing the voice of God, learning to do what the Spirit of God says, no matter how difficult at times it can feel, so kind of awkward and odd at times, like it doesn't fit, because you're putting on something new. You can, you can have been born again for 30 years. I know people that have been born again for years and years and been baptized in the Holy Ghost, and they never pray in tongues. And they're 30 years along in their walk with God. So what do you do? Well, it sounds like you just give up. What do you do? Start praying in the Spirit. Yeah, but I feel like I have to make myself. So make yourself. Do whatever you got to do. Pray. Begin to pray in the Spirit and thank God for the increase of your prayer language to come. 
Go listen to our series on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. With the evidence of praying in other tongues, go listen to those on, on the site. I mean, for the last, we do it every year. And pray for people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Go listen to those. Make an appointment. Come in. We'll pray over you here. Anytime after service, I'm in the foyer out here. You come to me. If you didn't come up or you didn't receive Jesus as your Savior and you want me to pray for you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, anytime, I'm ready in season and out. Because people cannot accomplish it, accomplish this life without being able to tap the voice of the Spirit. I just read you the scriptures, and I, I'll just tell you, you've got to, you've got to take those verses of scripture and allow them to become real to you. You've got to understand. That it, it's, it's amazing. I know I'm just keeping on, but, but it's amazing how that um, it's amazing how the, the reason you need the preached word, okay? You say, well, you know, I can just read the Bible. Yeah, you can. But the reason you need the preached word, number one, is because he said you do. Right? But the thing about the preached word is when, I, when I'm studying to sh- to, and hear and know what God wants me to preach to you, see, I have you in mind because he has you in mind. And so the scriptures come together, and it's like, you know, I can be studying and thinking, now how are those going to fit? But it doesn't matter. I've got I've to bring to you what he wants you to have, not what I think you need. And when, it, when that happens, then they all come together like a puzzle. But that's why you've got to take what you heard, go back and listen to it, Spend some time with it. Write the scriptures down. Go through them. Study them. And he'll show you nine times out of ten, he'll show you things that I didn't even talk about. That's the power of the word. That's the power of the preached word. And my prayer and my faith is that you get to know him and understand him like never before in your life. That you would understand through praying in other tongues how to know his voice how to experience his voice, and then know how to step out and do everything that he tells you to do. Because we can do it with joy and peace, and we can do it right because of the Holy Ghost that's in us. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's Word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.